Welcome to Docupied, a podcast about anime, manga, light novels, and industry news. I'm your host, Brandon, otherwise known as Doc Pay, and this episode I'll be diving into another new light novel series. This one's called The Great Cleric by Broccoli Lion. Yep, that's that's the pen name. This one is published in English by J Novel Club. There are currently two volumes out. The third volume is due out in June. This was part of, not the most recent, but the previous round of license announcements from Janovo Club, and they had a couple that I was keeping an eye on. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think in that same announcement spree is where Fushinokami came from, Dungeon Busters, which I have not talked about yet, but I'll get to, The Magician Who Rose From Failure, which I will also get to, and The Apothecary Diaries, which I will also get to. Basically, there's a lot of new series from J-Novel Club that I really want to talk about, but we'll do them one at a time. So I've done Fushinokami, which I actually quite enjoyed, and I've shared my thoughts on that a few times, well, once on the podcast and a few times on Twitter as the new volumes are coming out. So The Great Cleric, this was one of the series that I didn't want to talk about it after just one volume. I don't know, I didn't feel like I had a very good grasp on kind of the overarching themes or like what the story was really going to be doing, the characters, and maybe that is giving you some hints on kind of how I felt the first volume went, but after reading volume two, I think I've got a bit more substance to talk about, to cover, to something to work from for these, you know, initial impressions. But anyway, let's uh, let's read the blurb from the first volume, give you kind of a general overview of that plane flying overhead. Actually, if I can hear it, it's probably a helicopter. I'm going to leave that in there because I'm feeling pretty lazy. So now that the flying devices noise is moved on, I'm not, it's probably a helicopter. Here's the blurb from volume one for the great cleric. One moment, a certain salary man is on cloud nine, that promotion finally within his grasp. And the next, he's keeled over in pain. And that was all she wrote. Luckily for him, fate had a bit more to say. A world of magic monsters and other such life-shortening entities await his newly reincarnated self for a second shot at life, with nothing but his past life experiences and sharp business skills to guide him in the foreign lands of Galdardia. He takes up the name Lucille and vows that his next demise will be from naught but old age. And what better way to avoid another gruesome death than by taking up a nice, cushy job as a healer? But getting by in another world doesn't come easy, or cheap. It takes a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to hone the skills he needs to make his way. But make it he will, or die, again, trying. So right off the bat, this is a medieval fantasy isekai story that uses and relies fairly heavily on of game RPG mechanics. Let me talk about the setting since I'm on the topic. I think the setting of this world is the, or at least easily the weakest part. There, so far within the first two volumes, there's no explanation or reasoning that this world uses like RPG mechanics, levels, skills. Our protagonist is just thrown in the world and being like, yeah, this is how it is. I realize there's only two volumes and maybe something will happen to explain why this world has game-like mechanics, why people have levels and skills and 
resistances and titles why all of that exists and maybe there'll be compelling world building stuff but as of the first two volumes squat that it just is what it is and i will say the story as it is would not work without having those systems in place so clearly the world was intended to have these things and i don't know if this is going to be one of those series where that's just how it is nobody questions it there isn't a reason that's just the setting or if maybe something like spider where it does get questioned eventually and there is a reason and there is like specific story relevant plot stuff that relates to this i don't know all i can say is as a volume two it goes unexplained and unmentioned and unquestioned if that kind of thing bothers you i mean that's what this series is built on like the foundation of the story relies on this rpg-esque game-esque system that the world he's reincarnated into uses so it's definitely a big part of the story so that aside the rest of the actual world he's reincarnated into is, is pretty interesting in so much as we definitely don't learn a whole lot about the greater world and that's largely due to our protagonist's proclivities we'll call them <laughs> his mindset his maybe the actions he takes he's not super interested in learning about the greater world and i'll get into that when i talk about the characters but because of that we actually don't learn a whole lot especially not in the first volume and we only start to kind of peek at it more in volume two but the main setup of this world is that and this isn't a spoiler i if you're new to the podcast i do not generally spoil anything like majorly plot relevant or character relevant in these kind of discussions so rest assured but within the world the healers guild uh which is run by the church and there's a, there's a whole thing i won't get into it it doesn't matter but you'll read it anyway if you're if you're reading the story there's a ton of kind of corruption throughout and healers in this world are known as money grubbing greedy and basically just horrible pieces of shit who scam people out of money charge exorbitant prices for their services that kind of thing they're not well liked and there's also a bunch of racism against like beast people because like i said this is a fantasy world so there are beast people but it really amounts to them having like a little extra hair some different ears tails maybe and so far at least it's not anything too major i thought they were going to be a lot more beastly and then one of the insert arts in volume one shows some of the beast people that we're talking about i'm like oh well that's just a dude with like wolf ears or something or one of the other main characters nanaela she's like a rabbit person but she's just a girl with rabbit ears like i don't know i'm not gonna call it lazy character design but it's like bog standard beast people fantasy light novel designs i guess that's maybe the best way to describe a lot of this story so aside from our main protagonist lucille and the kind of setting for the the setup for the world where he decides oh i'm you know i'll be a healer everybody needs a healer and then it turns out healers are a bunch of assholes and everyone kind of hates him off the off the bat aside from that kind of set up, set up gimmick many many elements of this story are very 
template cookie cutter. They're not bad. They're just tried and true, I guess. You know, it's a medieval fantasy. There's racism against beast people. There's game mechanics and RPG mechanics in the world. Like all that stuff kind of builds up to a lot of very familiar ground. And I know it sounds like I'm ragging on this, but I'm not. I'm, I actually enjoy it, this story. And I'll get to more specifically why, but the biggest reason why is our protagonist, Lucille. And I mean, just kind of the way he goes about things. So like I said, within this story, healers are set up as these like evil mustache twirling money hoarding assholes and lucille plops himself in the middle of that as a healer a new healer with no idea how the world works that he's in he runs into a girl who recognizes that he's a healer she takes him to the guild he registers he then gets in there and trains for a while or like learns how to use magic and learns about the magic system all this stuff and then he eventually decides to go to the Adventurers Guild. And yeah, again, like I said, this setting is as kind of generic as it gets. There's Adventurers Guild, Healers Guild. It is what it is. You, I'm not going to keep bringing up the fact that a lot of this stuff is really generic, but just, you know, it is. He goes to the Adventurers Guild. Lots of stuff happens. He gets a job with them or he heals them for a reasonable price, but he's then being trained by a guy named Broad, who is known as the Whirlwind. Because in his eyes, I mean, he just wants to, like, not die again. And what better way to not die again than to learn to overcome his fear of, well, everything. <laughs> the You know, the potential of monsters or getting killed by adventurers who are, you know, angry at healers. All kinds of stuff. So he decides he's just going to diligently train under Broad for, like, two years. <laughs> And that's one thing this series does is like time moves within the span of the first two volumes. I think like four years pass and I won't say Lucille does nothing in that time, but he is, well, I'll talk more about Lucille just in a second. So anyway, all of that kind of goes down. Lots of other stuff goes down. Lucille gets a lot of really funny nicknames from the, the other adventures in the city. He gets known as like the masochist zombie healer, among other related nicknames, which he hates. He hates those nicknames, but it's because, you know, no one else could stand training under Broad, but he gets up every time. He drinks this like horrible potion thing called Substance X that apparently is absolutely disgusting, but has like mysterious properties that help you get stronger and stuff, you know, boost your stats. In the first volume, there's a lot of question marks on what it actually does. Volume 2 does answer that, if you're curious. So you will learn exactly what that stuff does. And it makes for an, a pretty funny revelation when you finally do get it, which I won't spoil. But it was pretty funny when you finally learn all of the effects. It's like, ah, <laughs> that was pretty good. That was a good setup. So anyway, he gets he gets pretty widely known. Then he gets into a conflict with one of the local money-grubbing healers, more stuff happens. I don't want to, you know, one-to-one the plot or anything. It's better for you to just read it and enjoy it. Yeah, I don't know why I'm recapping the plot. Um, Suffice it to say, volume one is a bit of a mess, isn't the right word, but I think it has a lot of trouble finding its feet in terms of both what it wants Lucille to do, how to kind of 
structure, the plot and story, the, the pacing. It's not bad by any stretch. I did enjoy it, but I really had a hard time kind of seeing past all the generic stuff in volume one to really understand what this work was about. Like what story was it really trying to tell here? And I feel like in volume two, we started to get a glimpse of it. Volume two was a lot better, I think, than volume one. So if you read volume one and you're like, eh, but you weren't like completely put off by it, at least go through volume two. There's a couple similar story beats in there kind of relevant, like related to like him training and meeting new people and getting new nicknames. There's a little bit of retreaded ground, but I think it pays off pretty well in a lot of these stuff that volume two starts and resolves. And then I think the setup is where I'm maybe most interested in what's going to happen from here. If you view volume one as like an extended prologue, where like everything in there is kind of leading Lucille into the greater story he's going to finally kind of partake in, volume two finally starts to push him there. And then, you know, I have read the first two parts of volume three. I don't know, I don't normally kind of partially read, but they were available. I didn't want to start something else. It was late, so I just read the first two parts uh, that were available at the time. And at least to me, it confirmed that I think the story finally has a a more firm direction and theme, and it definitely feels like it, it knows what it wants Lucille to be doing, which is good. So in essence, I think volume one in this story, it really didn't have its feet. Volume two, it finally kind of stabilized, and hopefully it's going to take off from here. I mean, there's plenty to enjoy in the first two volumes already. Don't get me wrong. I, and, and now I think it's finally time to talk about the characters. I really like Lucille as a character. He's unique and interesting, especially when compared to many other light novel protagonists. His main kind of personality traits are, well, he's very stubborn for one, but he's very persistent is maybe the best way to explain him in a similar way to... Someone like uh, Seiya from The Heroes Overpowered but Overly Cautious in that Lucille wants to do everything he can to prepare for things and kind of persistently tackles step by step all of the obstacles in the way of achieving whatever goal he has set for himself. And he's very insistent upon achieving them and doing them. He has a very firm determination and this is partially what earns him nicknames like the masochist zombie healer or Saint Weirdo, among others. And there are many, but all of those feed into this like determined, persistent, but also very earnest and sincere character. He's very honest about what he is, what he's doing, why he's doing it. He is maybe like overly humble in the things he achieves, which earns him a lot of, maybe not respect, but like people warm up to him a lot faster because he's not this crazy money-grubbing greedy healer like everyone else. And he treats everyone fairly equally. And he also kind of tells it like it is. Like he is pretty upfront. He is pretty honest about, well, everything. He, he really doesn't have anything to hide, especially like as a character. 
to the other characters. He's kind of an open book. And so he begins to like unintentionally assemble people around him that kind of just want to help him out. Initially, they might want to use him for things, not necessarily badly, but they realize the potential he has to turn things on their head, to like flip the system a little. They realize that he could really make a change. And so they kind of help push him along that way. It's not in a malicious way, but more of a just like this kid is weird, but also he could affect some real lasting positive change for people, for the people. And so he kind of grows this cast of characters around him, which at least through volume two are interesting, but Lucille himself is by far the most developed and the one we spend the most time with because basically almost the entire story is first person and told through Lucille's perspective. I think in like every so often, very small segments, they switch to another character's perspective to kind of give some more insight into how all the other characters in the world like view and understand him and what he's doing. And I really do enjoy those segments and I kind of wish there were more, but Lucille himself is actually a pretty strong first person like protagonist. His misunderstandings are pretty funny. His thought processes, the way he thinks about tackling things is interesting. And he is pretty strong. Like I like him as a main character. So it's also nice to see perspectives other than his to kind of give more shape and flesh the world out beyond him and his perspective, because he's very narrow in the things he both thinks about and thinks about doing. Whereas anytime we get to follow any of the other characters, we learn so much more than we do with Lucille. I think in volume one, we get a little bit of Broad and his perspective. In volume two, we get some of Lumina, who is actually the the girl he runs into first in volume one, and she comes back to play a bigger role in volume two. So we get a bit of her perspective there. Actually, I think that's most of it. I think it was just those two. There may have been others. Actually, I think there were a few others. Um, But those were definitely kind of the big ones. So I know I said to talk about the characters, but the cast of like primary and side characters, aside from Lucille, they're definitely there to flesh out the story in the world and to give Lucille things and people to bounce off of. But at least for now, there's nothing like stand out enough to warrant kind of talking about over just like Lucille himself. So I will let you discover and enjoy them as you meet them when you read. And I already kind of talked about it, but the writing, so like I said, it's mostly first person narration through Lucille with occasional other characters. The writing is, it's okay. I'm I'm definitely not going to say like this, the prose blew me away or anything. It's not awful. It's not bad. It's okay. I mean, if you've read light novels, you'll be pretty familiar with about the quality I'm, I'm talking about. So overall, I feel like the plot is finally becoming something or it's firming up. We're finally seeing kind of more what the story has to offer and what this story is trying to do as of middle to end of volume two. I know that's a bit of a long lead up for some people, and I've definitely read plenty of light novels where the first volume did all of this and blew me away. It was amazing. But realistically, I don't expect every series ever to blow me away. And this is a nice 
light, kind of calm. And there's actually a fair bit of humor, comedy to this. I got quite a few chuckles out of this story, especially due to Lucille and his both misunderstandings and his kind of general demeanor and decision making. I get a real amusement out of. So it's not that it's a comedy, but there's definitely enough kind of comedic light moments that I'm definitely going to keep reading The Great Cleric. And, I'd, you know, for anyone who has listened to this and thought it sounded interesting, it's worth checking out, at least through Volume 2. Volume 2 was much better overall than Volume 1, just in terms of construction and actually having something like more of a point to it. But if you give Volume 1 a shot, you know, just read, go to Jane Novel Club, read the free preview of Part 1, you know, see if that at all catches your interest, and then go from there. If you're looking for kind of another interesting, slightly different, but somewhat familiar feeling medieval fantasy isekai RPG game story, The Great Cleric is here for you. Uh, that's going to wrap me up for this episode. It's talking about The Great Cleric by Broccoli Lion. I still can't believe that pen name. Published in English by J Novel Club. There are two volumes currently available, and the third volume is due to release in June. Thanks for listening. Follow my Twitter, I am DocPay, for updates. And please, if you liked Occupied, leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Every review helps someone else find it. And if there are reviews, I do try and look at them. So thank you. I'll catch you next time. <laughs>